0: Welcome to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. Join Ryan as he speaks with top business leaders and influencers and hear how they've mastered the art of authenticity to achieve all that they dreamed of. As you hear from these leaders, seek not only to be inspired by their authenticity, but to strive for and master your own. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the podcast. I have with me today Derek Depker. Uh, he helps businesses increase sales using content, and so you hear me talk a lot about the importance of content, what that means, how we tell our story, uh, and for many of you, uh, Derek and I were actually just talking about this before we jumped in. You know, for many of you, the challenges is you may own a business or you may be representing a business at a high level and you're trying to understand how to navigate the waters of telling your own story um, all the while supporting the organization you work for so i'm looking forward to getting into that today Uh, but for now derek welcome to the podcast man how are you
1: i'm doing well thanks for having me ryan
0: awesome so Um, content is a, and we're just jumping right in, right? Like content is this huge, uh, uh, oftentimes ambiguous statement, right? It's like content. What is that? Well, it's a whole lot of things. Uh, so, but when people approach you and they say, Hey, you know, I hear that you do content, you help people with their content driving revenue. Uh, what, what is it that you typically break down for them into some sort of simple terms that they can understand?
1: Yeah, so it's funny because even for me, content, it is that kind of ambiguous thing like content. Uh, uh, okay, so it's even kind of like the term marketing. Like I think, you know, if you get more experience, you, you can wrap your head around marketing. But when people come to me and they're like, I struggle with marketing. I'm like, that can mean a lot of things. Let's get a little more specific. So, you know, content, if we were to define it before even getting into, you know, why it's important, how to create it, all that sort of stuff. Content, if you think about... Uh, really, it's what people are consuming, so that could be uh, I like to think of the senses, right? The, the written content, you see it, You know what you see here uh, in terms of videos, articles, a podcast like this is a piece of content. Uh, YouTube videos, a piece of content, an Instagram post, a Facebook post is a piece of content, an email that you send out to your audience is a piece of content. Right. And if you even want to get a, you know, not necessarily content marketing specifically, but I think it's useful to think about anytime you're opening your mouth and you're talking to someone that is an opportunity to create content. And Gary V actually would be a good example of this, like just bring a film crew and everything is now content. Like any conversations he's having, answering questions, all of that is now a possibility of creating this content. And uh, you know, we can dive deeper into why content, but there's the saying, content is king. And that's really, a, if I were to have to summarize it as one core purpose, it's to build the know, like, and trust factor. You know, People get to know, like, and trust you as the individual if you're a salesperson, if you're part of the, the staff. But it's also know, like, and trust your business overall when people have more choices than ever. So people are kind of like, it's like dating Someone like, I kinda wanna get to know you a little bit and the content is like, here's a little bit about us, um, your philosophy, people get to know you through your content and then once you build that know, like and trust, then it, it opens up the possibility for now the sales process.
0: Hmm. Okay, so I, I, I appreciate so many things that you said in there. One of the big things is know, like and trust, right? So it's this age old adage uh that sales people have been told for an eternity right forever it's like you know people have to know you like you trust you in order to buy from you what's been interesting for me is over the course of uh, my sales career has been 20 20 years now 21 years uh, i've watched people go from this desire to have people independently know like and trust them to having people know like and trust their business or their their the corporate brand which i know that's important too but i keep trying to pull people back into like we do business with people right we i don't i don't do business with a company and so do you see that as a common challenge when you're when you're in the space trying to help people create content tell their own story do you feel that there's that tension there trying to bring people back to like an individualized no like and trust versus just the corporate one
1: yeah so people and this is a shift that happened for me and i'll say this even though it's not directly related to creating your own content it's an important mindset shift which is i think when i am wanting to Uh, pitch a company, you know, if you're a salesperson, you want to connect with a a company and I think about, okay, I'm going to pitch this business and that's really hard and I'll give a, I'll make it practical. So I wrote for success.com and I want to, okay, I want to pitch success to feature me in in them. That is hard for the brain to wrap around And what the shift was. I go, no, I'm not, you're not pitching this company. You're pitching the editor who is Uh a human being who I can look up by name I can see in this case it was a woman. What she what she values, what she's all about. Now all I got to do is connect with her. One of the decision makers, and that shifts your whole focus. So I mean, in sales, you're you're connecting with people, and the the prospect is connecting with you. You're connecting with them, and as human beings, we're hardwired to connect with other humans one on one, not these ambiguous sort of nebulous brands or whatever. So even uh, you know a practical thing. A lot of times when sending emails, this isn't an absolute, but if you can make your email uh, from a person, you know, even if it's someone at the company, that creates a deeper psychological connection. So now for you as an individual person, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Ryan, like you want to have that personal connection. And yes, it is important for them to get to know the brand and, you know, kind of the overarching company and and things like that. But first, I tend to think based off of human psychology that you're going to be better off in most instances for people to connect with you. And I remember, um, for some reason, I'm thinking of a a car salesperson, a story, I don't remember the the man's name off hand, but, you know, one of the top car salespeople and people don't come in and go, I want to... Buy from this uh, dealership necessarily, as much as they're thinking, I'm just going to use the name Bob. I want to buy from Bob. I know Bob takes care of me. Bob's a good guy, you know, or Susan, or insert the name, right? You really trust that salesperson. And when you build that bond with that person, then you're like, okay, now let me know. Now they can, when they talk about the company, you trust the person first. And now when they edify the company, you're more likely to believe them and trust what they have to say about the company overall.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that's the way I feel. And so now we're on the same page. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, you, you you wrote this book, uh, content that sells. You talk about these five formulas. Like, is that one of them? What are those five formulas? Like, how do people begin to to understand, and maybe there's a step back before the formulas, but how do people begin to, to consider what content is right for me? Because I think that's the step before, let me go do content, right? Or, or, or let me go create content.
1: Yeah. So this is, is the whole question. What do I say? What do I put out there? What, what do I create? Now, today. So, what's important? And there's a few, I mean, there's a lot of different pieces of content that you can create. The five formulas, when I look at it, I go, what are the most common things in the most universal formulas that are intriguing and compelling? and uh, that are going to work for the most different types of businesses so i like you know i often work with more service-based businesses and even individual entrepreneurs and salespeople and stuff like that but it could work for a brick and mortar business uh, too so i go what's going to have the most universal application that's the five formulas which happen to go through some or all of them uh, depending on the time but uh, as an example one of the formulas is a story you know story-based content now that's not like new or anything. These aren't like, you know, big revelations. Like, oh, I've never heard of using a story before. But like how you use the story and what stories you tell, that can be a, uh, uh, there could be endless content around that. So you have your individual story. That could be your, if you've struggled with something that the prospect or your customers have struggled with and you can relate and empathize with them and share that's why you're in this business. That's why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, That's one example. Uh, Obviously, customer success stories, testimonials are great, and that's one of those things. Like you're, you're almost always safe putting out content that are stories of people just like your ideal customers and the experience that they had, right? But it's more than just a testimonials. More than just someone saying this company is the greatest, right? Mm -hmm. It's uh, 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 let's just take like a uh, an example. I gave is like a printing company because I had gone to a printing company. I go, let me just t- pick some like random company that I've never worked with, but I, I went to a printer. So let me just pick a printing company. Okay. So one of our customers needed to get, uh, they could tell a story of a customer who came in who had a wedding and needed to get these wedding invitations uh, made. So you could tell that story, maybe the struggle that this uh, bride to be was having and how uh, you, the what the process was like working with this printer, how they got everything printed out and now had this, uh, you know, all these beautiful wedding invitations sent out. So you can tell these stories as part of your content and even another form of content, record videos of you talking to your customers and their experience and actually taking through five, 10 minutes of uh content about someone sharing. You know, I was struggling, uh, I sometimes work with personal trainers too. So, like, you know, before I found you, I had all the you know obstacles and I was so busy and this and that. And uh, you know, I found you here's what you showed me. uh, And you know, now I'm in the best shape of my life, right? And you actually have that on video as a form of of content so people can hear from your customers. So that's one example of a a piece of content, the customer success story. And another example of a story, and this is really good, and you get a lot of psychological leverage with this, but uh, I don't think as many people use it. And that is the cautionary tale. That is this story of someone who didn't follow your, didn't use your product, didn't use your service, didn't uh, follow the advice, someone who, uh, who is like a warning story, and all the, the horrible things that uh, happened to them. So let's say it's a, um, one of my clients is a therapist, so I'm thinking of a, a therapist, like someone who uh, didn't manage their stress levels. And like all the the negative consequences and it's like that's why i teach the importance of meditation or whatever right so you you point out the the consequences of someone who doesn't follow what it is that you teach or what you recommend and uh, i remember it was a um i think it was a car rental company they just had like some picture of uh, uh, maybe like an accident or something that happened. And then when they're about to sell like insurance and like you see like, yeah, this is a person, you know, they didn't get the the insurance, you know, cost them however many thousands of dollars and you see it it's like, oh, it's like, so now do you want to buy some insurance? <laughs> it's like you're, yeah. you know, Should've the story. Yeah, so the story sets up the like, people tend to be motivated by uh, negativity, you know, like avoiding mm-hmm. pain. So now you can use that um, pain avoidance. And this could be real stories, it could be parables, this is where you you can open up the whole box of different types of content. But it's more important uh, for me to just get the psychology across of the reason why you're doing it is you're showing them through story format what you want to avoid and what's possible for you using a product or service.
0: Hmm. Okay, so this seems, I don't necessarily want to say common sense, but this this is really straightforward in the sense of these are very, accessible areas to create content telling my own story like it's mine right like I, I i know me um so there's one number two is client success stories we've all got those if we've been in business for any period of time i can tell a story about a way i helped a client third one possibly and probably Um, I can tell a story or at least, uh, create an analogy to, uh, the consequences of not working with me and what could happen as the result. So the big question already, and I know this is on everybody's mind that is listening is I have access to so much content. Why don't people create it?
1: Mm. So You pointed something out and that is, you know, some of this is common sense. Like if I tell you these are different types of content to create, you may have created it in the past and you probably have seen it thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of times over the course of your life through just (laughs) billboards, being on social media, all these different things. So one of the reasons why people don't create it is, um, there's actually a process. Like it's one thing to intellectually know, um, I can create this stuff. It's another thing to be in this mindset of everything is content. So here's what I mean. If I'm having a conversation with a, um, a, a prospective client, like I want to record as much stuff as possible with people's permission. But you, you got to take this extra step where let's say it's a, a story of a customer and actually I give a real example with Subway with like, you know, cause Jared became a, you know, the big face of Subway uh, for a period of time. Like someone at Subway saw his results and was like, and I don't remember the exact story. So don't quote me on this, but essentially it was someone at Subway had to recognize, Whoa, wait a second. Like you're, you've lost a lot of weight. What's going on. And they actually had to ask him his story and then to be like, Hey we need to do something with this. We need to like turn this into a story. So part of it is you actually have to like tune your awareness to if someone sends you a message an email like oh i've i had a great you know results with your product or i got your whatever and it's like oh tell me more about that please or, would you be open to hopping on a zoom call 15 20 minutes to talk about that like you actually need to take these steps this initiative to recognize the story pull it out pull out the content from that and that's just talking about stories so you get in this habit and every time I'm on a call with someone and they ask a question about um, you know my business or what I'm doing I go if they have that question someone else has that question that needs to be an email that could go on an FAQ that could be a video that I do all of that so now everything that's showing up questions conversations with your customers with prospects if you're on a sales call any any objection you've handled on a sales call is a piece of content now it's an email it's a video it's a post it's a, i was on a sales call with a the client and they asked about blah 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 and well you know this is a common misconception that a lot of people have and here's why and now you're busting that that myth that people have which is another form of content is myth busting so it it takes a bit of a mindset in the process where you just start to go everything. It can be a piece of content and it's not sitting there always trying to come up with it from scratch because that's actually what's what, what can shut a person down. And certainly myself is if I sit there and I go, let's say I'm going to write an email. What do I want to write about? And it's like, my mind goes blank. It's like, there's so many things and yet then there's nothing <laughs> that comes up. So it's this paradox. And so instead of doing that, i go what did what's something interesting that i just saw in a movie that i could talk about and tie it back to this uh, a business principle um what's a what's an article i read what's a conversation i just had with a customer what's a question someone just asked me and even going into forums and going what are people asking about in this in this uh industry so i'm just going to say like a uh, yoga studio um And you go into like a yoga, let's say you own a yoga studio and you go into a yoga forum, like what are the common questions that people ask about trying to find a yoga studio to go to? Maybe uh, are places open? Maybe it's about yoga techniques or whatever it is. And you just, you look for the inspiration. And then now, instead of trying to generate something from scratch, you're just looking at the, the catalyst, if you will, of the things that are sparking ideas and the things that you're already talking about and interacting with people about and then that that gets you into the ideas of what you can create and then it's just a matter uh, another thing is how do you make it as easy as possible on yourself mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'm a writer I write books a lot of who I work with are actually authors uh, I consider a, a book to be like one of the ultimate forms of content marketing and so but if you're not a writer again like Gary Vee going back to that example Okay, just get someone. Hey, just film me because I'll, I'll be talking about stuff and something will come out. So just film me or recording the conversations or, you know, having a tape recorder and speaking into it if that's what you do better um, or, you know, talking to a, a prospect and be like, hey, can you just like ask me your 10 biggest questions about this business and I'll just answer them. Uh, and, and then put yourself into the circumstances where you are naturally unleashed and things come out of you. And then that can spark the content creation process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, I mean, it, I, I love all of the ideas that you shared there. Again, I can still, you know, hear people and, and just visualize people really struggling with, okay, so I've got all these ideas, you know, where, where do I start? Um, you know, I, I know for me, I mean, <clears throat> um, I, I, it's much easier for me to record video uh, than it is to write. I'm not a great writer. Um, uh, sometimes when I'll write, I'll actually uh, voice to text uh, just to get my thoughts out and then go back and clean it up. Um, I actually do have a videographer that follows me around four hours a week or something like that. He records interactions with clients, sometimes even sitting in an office right now, watching me record a podcast. And so He's capturing content. We do a vlog, we cut that up. So, you know, there's all these different ways to do it. Where, where are some simple places that people can start? So you, you kind of gave this breakdown of, okay, um, you have three ways to tell a story. And, and I know this is not necessarily your formula, but just kind of tracking the conversation. So just three things you can pull from right away, right? Kind of your own personal story, client interactions, and kind of warnings, you know, uh, against, um, or, or the consequences of not working with you then you go in, then you started talking about, you know, kind of gaining an idea uh, for what people are talking about in the industry that you're serving in. So there's another way that you can kind of grab some content. So as all of these thoughts are running through somebody's head, it's like, okay, so now I can kind of think about, um, the type of content I want to create in terms of it itself. Not even, we're not even to medium yet, but, um, how can they harness that? Like, are there some simple practical ways that they can start jotting down ideas or uh, I, I don't know, like creating boards or like, uh, are there things that they can do to start uh, harnessing that content and organizing it in some fashion?
1: Yeah. So let's start with, uh, harnessing it, you know, gathering it, and then organizing it. So there is a process and whether it's for content creation or creating just about anything else, the metaphor or example I give, it's like you're going to a store and you're getting a bunch of different ingredients. You know, you're grabbing ingredients, you're grabbing spices, and you have all these things and you fill up your cupboards with the ingredients. Then after that, you go, okay, let's pull this thing from my cupboard and let's take this other thing and, and mix it together. So I like to get the ideas and, and gather a lot of ideas uh, first. And the way that looks for me personally, and we can each find our own process, but for me, anytime I have, if I'm listening to a podcast or if I'm watching a show or if I have anything that just, I, I get like kind of an aha from, I have a takeaways document and I go, Oh, that's that's something about that resonated with me. I can share a story about that, or I can share like, hey, I was, I was listening to this podcast the other day, and I heard this great tip. And you know, this is relevant for you in your business because of blah blah blah. And so I'm I'm always just looking for uh, ideas. And you know, if I hear good stories, if I um, I heard Damon John give like a, a tell a story on a talk, and I go, oh, that's kind of cool. I can share that. Like, hey, I heard Damon John share this thing, and you know, so I'm I'm talking to entrepreneurs about it who I know are gonna. Resonate with it. So I'm always just having your antennas up and creating. For me, it's a Google Doc where I'm just dropping ideas in constantly of stories, I've uh, heard questions, uh, insights I've gotten, things like that. And then when I go to create content, if I want to create a video, or write an email or something, I can now skim through that and go, oh, what, what, what am I inspired? today and you know Uh sometimes there's a certain purpose i'm trying to do like a promotion or something in a business but sometimes i'm just going through and seeing what's in this document that is now uh i don't know how many pages um you know probably 20 30 plus pages of just all kinds of ideas and and notes and stuff so that's getting the ingredients you know having all that the double-edged sword is that the more i talk about Ways of creating content. The more we we chat about this, of all the ways to create content and different things, we haven't even skimmed the surface. The more you could go into. Well, d- now it's paralysis by analysis. There's so many yeah. things I could do. Uh, where do I begin? And that's where I say you know you'll know, pick one thing, and you know, uh, and I I give the five formulas. There's more than five, but that's just to make it simple. And I'll even just say three. So go with um mistakes what are common mistakes that people make in in your industry that your prospects might make that could be mistakes about um do you, do you want to give an example business i can i can roll with that yeah go for it uh well do you have a, a, an example business in mind like a salesperson or someone that runs a certain type of business or
0: yeah so let's see here um I guess I would say, uh, so a a lot of the people that I work with are, uh, so there's a lot of people in the insurance industry. And uh, so by using the wrong advisor, uh, it can end up costing them, their company, a lot of money and create a lot more headaches. So that's, that's a big challenge that a lot of people face in the insurance world.
1: Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to say like if you're doing insurance, let's say you're selling insurance. Okay, so what are common mistakes people make when they're buying insurance? What you're, what would the prospects make? So if you're the insurance salesperson and your prospects are people who are going to buy insurance uh, or, you know, right, that's very basic uh, way of looking at it. So what are the mistakes people make um, even One of the mistakes is why do people even not buy insurance? Maybe they don't get insurance, you know, and why that's a mistake. Uh, What are the mistakes people make when they are shopping for insurance? What are the mistakes people make when looking for someone to sell them insurance? Like who they go to, who they trust, how to watch out for people who might be trying to rip you off, right? Like, so, like, what are all these mistakes that people can make uh, maybe after people buy insurance are there mistakes that people make after the fact right and things that you want to do what are things what are mistakes um that might affect how much you have to pay for insurance and i don't know much about the insurance sales world but i i'd guess that there's probably certain mistakes people are making in their everyday life that might increase the cost of how much they're paying uh so i have a
0: question about that about this whole this whole idea of mistakes i i i love this because i think there's a lot there do you feel like um you should attempt to build a level of trust with your audience before you really lean into the mistakes. And, and, and I'll kind of show my cards. It's because I, I often find that um, until I trust the person that's speaking to me, I'm not necessarily going to believe um, what they say, or even if they bring up a mistake, uh, I'm not necessarily going to be like, Oh, I should talk to them more about how I fix it because I don't really know them. Like I, I feel like a lot of people lead with that. Like, you're making a mess by working with this person or by doing this, this, and this. and But if you work with us, uh, it's like, I don't even know you. How, how, like, first of all, are you telling the truth? Second of all, can you back it up? You know what I mean? Like, is there is there any, um, I don't know, method to that madness? Or no, you feel like there's just some common things you can talk about? Like, how, how do you view that?
1: Yeah, so you bring up a, a, an important distinction. So there's mistakes at various stages in the process. So you might say it's a buying mistake about who you buy insurance from. Let's just say it's like that. And you go, "You're making if you're buying insurance from these types of people, that's wrong. You need to buy insurance from me, <laughs> right? That very clearly seems to be kind of a self-serving uh, type of um, agenda where people might go, well, I need to trust you first before I, I believe that. But if you point out a mistake, early on in the process of like um, where it's just very helpful and with any of these things. So here's the, another key with content. So let's lay the foundation that claims need to be backed up with an equal or greater amount of proof. So you're not just saying this is a mistake. You're just saying, you're saying like uh, you have some, yeah, this is where stories can help. You're actually showing them like, you, you don't have to believe me. Like, look at the evidence. You're actually presenting the evidence of how this is a mistake. And the more you can have the proof to support it, that's the first thing, regardless of what you're trying to do. And then the mistakes in terms of, um, like, let's say, because uh, I work with a lot of personal trainers, I'm going to go with this and say, I know the, uh, the, the common things. It's like, it's not going to start out with the mistakes when hiring a personal trainer every other trainer sucks. You need to hire me. That's not the angle. It's the mistakes you're making, um, you know, like, uh, with your, your, your fitness and your health and like, okay, so here's a really common exercise mistake people make. Like you're trying to use Mm -hmm. this form and here's why this is bad for your shoulders. And here's this, uh, you know, it's a really common thing that people do in the gym. And if you, you adjust it like this, give it a shot. You'll see that your shoulders feel a lot better. Mm -hmm. And people are like, Oh, that worked. Hmm. I kind of trust this person now it's building the trust because you've helped avoid pain for them you've shown them something if they can demonstrate it themselves and actually prove it then that's the kind of thing and so you you're kind of working your way up towards then the mistake about um you know who you should buy from or whatever or uh, you know a, a thing it can be is like watch out for these common scams and if you can show, like, hey, here's common scams in this industry. You know, watch out for them. And not even trying to push your thing every every uh, every second there about. They're all scams. It's no. Here's some common scams. Here's what to watch out for. Here's what uh, this this undercover report found. Like you have evidence, you have statistics and things all backing it up. And then at the very end, it's like, so make sure you go with a company that is, you know, better business barrel are barrel bureau i can't even say it um uh accredited, like you have like all the all all the criteria that you want to look for uh Mm -hmm. and and if you want to hear more about what we do here's where you can find out more so it's it's like a very subtle way where by people by the end of it people start to go wow i've learned so much i would have gotten screwed over uh if i didn't know some of this uh, maybe and well now that I trust you, because you've been looking out for me, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of look more into what you're, uh, what you're all about.
0: Mm, yeah. Okay. That's good. Um, okay. Uh, so something else that uh, comes to mind when I think about content, this is a question that, that I get asked often, um, and I think it will relate to everything that we just talked about, is uh, business professionals, when they're uh, creating content and they're putting it out there into their professional community... Are often afraid to get too personal or to be lighthearted. It's almost like if I wear a suit and tie, I can't show people I have fun. Or if I sell multi million dollar deals, uh, I don't want people to see my family, Um, you know, like the things I do with my family. So, do you like what's your thought as it relates to content distribution uh, in those environments?
1: I'll I'll, uh, give the acknowledgement that each industry is going to have its certain, I don't say preferences, but things that tend to work well. So there are certain times, you know, in a very corporate environment, some things that would be, uh, let's say, less appropriate than uh, other environments in terms of how you present yourself, what you show off, how much you uh, share and reveal certain things. And at the end of the day, everything is still human to human. It's not just business to business, still human to human. That's, that's at the end of the day, we still go, can I trust? We have all of this psychology that says, can I trust this human being that's in front of me? Oh, they have a family that they're looking out for. Okay. Well, I get that. You know, I, I, I appreciate that. Oh, they, they have some imperfections. Well, I can relate to that. You know, there's actually a thing in sales where if you're too polished, if you're too perfect, that elicits a bit of mistrust because it's like something first of all could be intimidating, but it can also be like something seems off like if a person has it so well put together that now you can't even connect with that and relate to that, so there still needs to be the humanity in it, and that's one of the benefits where almost I can't think of too many exceptions where. If someone was like, I was really scared to put this story out there about something in my my past that I had, you know, I used to be a drug addict and I overcame it. Someone might say, that's not my story, but someone had that experience or, you know, something about my family and the struggles I go through. It's so common, like a, a fear uh, that they have. And almost every time when they really open up and are truly vulnerable and authentic, not with an agenda, not like I'm going to do vulnerability. <laughs> so people like me and give me money, but like a real sincerity yep. behind yep. it. It's almost always they're like, oh my gosh, people really, they they love that. They they reached out to me. They wanted to do, uh, they were interested in my business, right? I've had uh, clients who were like, I just sent this email about my, you know, thing I was struggling with and, um, you know, people... I got inquiries uh for you know people wanting to work with me now it's important not to come across like my whole life is in shambles and I don't mm-hmm. have anything together and I'm so helpless and I'm throwing myself a pity party that uh not usually gonna work, but in admission of hey i've I've gone through uh, some challenges I'm still working you know I've overcome mm-hmm. it but I have uh, my challenges or I am overcoming it and I'm optimistic about the future. Yep. And, uh, or, Hey, here's a, here's a sneak peek behind the, Hey, this has nothing to do with business. This is, Hey, we're having some fun with my family on vacation. This is one of the things why I'm, I'm really grateful that I have this, uh, this life that I'm able to provide for my family doing this work uh, that I do. And I want to help others be able to provide for their family uh, as well. And, you know, I believe family is important or whatever. Mm-hmm. So people connect on a values level. And we talk about trust. When people can see your values are in alignment with their values, then that's part of what creates that know like and trust. And how are people going to know your values if they only see this small, tiny little dimension yeah. of your life and they don't see some of these other areas?
0: I, I I really appreciate that. I mean, in the sense that you know, when we're telling a story, we have to tell the whole story. And we hope that people stay around long enough to hear the whole story because soundbites can be dangerous on both sides of things. One is, you know, when we're always talking about how terrible things are, people are like, gosh, like that person's so negative and you're empathetic towards them, but it's like, I don't really want to be around them. But the other side is also really dangerous too, which is where a lot of people play, which is I'm killing it all the time. And people either think like, you know, I, I don't need to give that guy any business because he's, he's making billions or, um, back when we could actually like see people in person in business, I was um, up in Los Angeles doing an in-person workshop uh, for a team on high performance teams and high performance habits and integrating that both into the personal and work life. And um, I got about three quarters of the way through the conversation and this guy calls me out. And he goes, dude, that's really easy for you to say. He goes, because you're really successful and you're doing so well. And I go, hold on a minute. I go, first of all, I said, that's not true. I said, I apologize if that's the way it came across. And I said, as a matter of fact, I said, in the midst of, and at this time it was early 2020, I said, so in the midst of 2019 being the most lucrative year and fulfilling year of my life, which it was, I said, I also had the biggest anxiety attack I've ever had in my entire life. And I broke down just a tiny bit of that story just to be able to help him see that, like, the reality is we can live in both of these, you know, like both of these things can exist in our world. And as soon as I shared that with him, it was like everything opened up and he became the most um, participatory person in the class or, you know, in the workshop. I ended up doing with uh, one with them again uh, just a couple of months ago. It was all virtual and he was one asking questions and having conversation. So I do think it's important that we, we, we create some balance in whatever it is that we're doing, again, not to create pity, not to just exude all this confidence and, you know, killing it state, but I, I do think that we have to play somewhere in the middle so people can really get to know us for us and determine whether or not they want that human-to-human connection with us personally.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful, and you demonstrated this perfectly in that. You know, some people, they're going to be closed off if they go, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're, you know, you got it all together. You're so lucky. You're just, you know, you have maybe these special opportunities. You don't know what it's like to be me. Mm -hmm. And so when you show your humanity, when you show your imperfections uh, that we all have, now all of a sudden that allows them to open up and connect. And a, a great speaking coach, Pat Quinn says, he puts it like this. You need to show people how you're ordinary and how you're extraordinary and how you're extraordinary and how you're ordinary so you had the extraordinary part which is creating a a disconnect until he saw the well actually no you are human too and then he could connect with that and then appreciate the extraordinariness and it's exactly what you're saying because if it's all extraordinary they don't connect but if it's all ordinary why am i even listening to you in the first place Mm, that's
0: good Okay. We're starting to wind down, but I did see something on your website that I'm interested to see if you open up the kimono to, or maybe this is just way too top secret. As you can see, I have the letters BA on my hat and behind me uh, up on my whiteboard. It's be authentic. It's just something that I deeply believe in and I tell other people about. So I saw on your website that you guys do something along the lines of authentic influence. Uh, can you share any of that at all like is that an approach a method something super secret that they have to pay you to do
1: (laughs) yeah there's nothing there's nothing secret there's nothing for sale uh with with that to me it's it's a mindset of you know my passion is uh multiple passions but a big thing is is influence psychology you hear that a lot of this isn't just like how do you uh you know Write an article or shoot a video or something like that to me I come mm-hmm. from the copywriting direct response marketing world where uh, It's very much about how do you influence and persuade someone to take action? You know content just to have content doesn't really mean much It needs to engage them entertain them pull them in, actually lead them to You know growing your business uh, rather than just, you know throwing stuff out there. So you say you got a bunch of content so for me, it's it comes back to influence and when I think about influence one of the I could call it a mistake, if you will, if we go that angle. It's a mistake to me when people get so caught up on the tactics and the techniques and they don't realize that all the techniques will fall apart or actually backfire if there's not something authentic or congruent behind it. So if I give you like a headline formula to use on an article or on a video or on a podcast show or whatever, but it's it feels really forced and contrived and it's not at all how you would talk, it's going to come through. Uh, Either If people do check it out and they see a lot of your content is structured in a certain way that doesn't match how you actually show up when you talk to them then they're going to go something something is off or you know you write facebook ads with one type of personality but it doesn't at all match the branding of the company it's yeah. it's inauthentic so i'll give an example of a, a good way of doing it is um, company rev a transcription service yeah they are great their content i love their content in the sense that they use a lot of humor right mm-hmm. and this is a beautiful example of a very just functional company like it's a transcription service. It's just, what, what is there? like. But they have uh, funny blog posts and they use humor as part of their personality and oh. their content. And so that's, that's, you expect that then from the company and that's authentic oh. for them and it, and it works. Uh, someone trying to be funny who is not funny, it would just, it'd be weird. So um, this is one of the things, if you're showing up on videos and in your writing, uh, it, it takes practice to be you, which sounds a bit paradoxical, right? Uh, probably because you're more unlearning uh, certain things. But when I see, when I uh, give feedback on people's content or their ads or their their emails, uh, all of this is on content or their copywriting, and I, I look at it and I go, I've talked to you. This doesn't sound like you. This is really robotic. This feels forced. It feels like you're trying to just copy someone else's thing and and paste it over and and they're like yeah i know i don't like it either and it's like well where did that come from <laughs> and it's like well i'm trying to do what this person did and there's something to be said for modeling mm-hmm. but it's trying to force it over and that's where you lose the influence if it's not uh, authentic and i give a quick example I, I heard this it was um John Carlton a great copywriter He write ads for um, like self-defense stuff and you know in in these self-defense ads it would use, use adject- you know vicious I don't know vicious eye gouges or whatever and someone like takes that model and did it for like a salsa dancing okay. thing like vicious head spins <laughs> and and it just like doesn't work uh yeah yeah. there's another famous ad like secret of the one-legged golfer and someone just like uh you know swiped it like secret of the one-legged accountant and it's like no a one-legged golfer is intriguing how does that work a one-legged accountant yeah. doesn't make sense so that's when people just get they so caught up in these marketing tactics and techniques that they they don't take a step back and go wait a second what what's actually real what's authentic what is what's called for in this situation and when you have that as your foundation a lot of times the the downstream effect is you can actually not have all the techniques you cannot have all the little strategies and still be effective
0: yeah. <clears throat> that's awesome and I mean that really does support so much of what I work with my clients on which is, you know, you have to take the time to get to know yourself in order to then become the best version of yourself outwardly. And then that's paired with the patience to allow other people to get to know you once you begin with consistency con- communicating that person that you've learned to become. And so I think where a lot of the mistakes come into play, which is, you know, which which you uh, shared, are because people are, I mean, sometimes it's just the desire to be like somebody else, which we all have that. And again, you said there is some wisdom or benefit in certain spaces to do that. But I think more often than not, it's the impatience to be where other people are before we're ready to be where they are. And so I just love this idea of like, let's make, our content which it sounds so simple like authentic it it should be about us it should be our voice I mean you should be willing to sacrifice the benefit for the sake of protecting the integrity of you your character your nature your delivery your service your product whatever too often it ends up working in the inverse and eventually it backfires or you end up finding yourself in a very successful place and you ask yourself the question that i asked myself back in 2017 which is what the hell am i doing with my life like i I had it all and it just didn't feel right and so i think that there's just a lot of disconnect that comes into play so i love the fact that you know you've, you have you shared so many great tips on where to pull content from i think even just simple ways to get started in that finding your unique voice in the midst of that um so uh how how do people go about engaging you your firm and what do some of those early goings of a relationship look like
1: yeah best way to get in touch it's my website uh which is a little you probably want to check the show notes, but I'll spell it out for you because my last name is, <laughs> is a little unusual. So it's uh, DerekDepker.com, dot com, And that has a uh, free content that sells guide. And this will take you through the five formulas and also help you lay out. I have like this... Um, it's like a grid that's a content creation map where it shows you how to fit the formulas in with the different topics. So that'll help you schedule out. If you're going, I don't really know where to begin or what content to create or how to come up with all of it. That's meant to be a quick start guide that gets you into the content creation process. And you'll find you know some formulas work better probably for uh, one type of business than another. Um, however, they really are designed to be universal across different types of businesses so Mm -hmm. that would be the best way and then if you want to reach me you'll be on my email list but derek at Derekdepker.com is how you can connect with me
0: okay so i'll throw both of those in the show notes Uh, anywhere on social media they can creep on you for a little bit to determine whether or not they want to do business with you
1: (laughs) yeah if you search my name you'll find you'll find my uh my work on there and i do uh i do content marketing i do a lot with people who want to write a book as well Uh, that's probably what you'll find a lot of uh too that's that gave me you know the authorship world taught me a lot about how to create content which is then now uh, helps in all the different areas of business awesome
0: well derek i mean i appreciate it i i was stoked to be able to connect with you online to you know to jump on a call to get to this place i think this is in one sense this seems so simple to people and yet, I think that this is one of the key areas that people are missing in becoming the most successful they can in whatever profession that they're pursuing. They're training on sales, they're training on business, they're, they're adding all these tools and tactics to all of these other areas. And yet, this idea of understanding my story and the stories that I need to tell and then finding the best places to go tell them is just something that's been missed for far too long. And hopefully people really pay attention to the simple things that have been shared and begin to execute them. So thank you.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on here, Ryan.
0: Awesome. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. As always, feel free to jump into the show notes. You can connect with Derek there. Make sure that we have all of the right links to his website, to his email. Uh, if you have any questions, concerns, please reach out to me. Let me know. I'm happy to take in any feedback you have. Go to whatever platform you're listening to this on. Like it, share it. appreciate all of the support that you guys give to me. And as always, I want to continue to remind you that if you want the most out of the life you're living, be the best version of yourself. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and share it with others. To connect with Ryan and learn more, visit ryanjamesmiller.com.